0: I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like.
1: Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Ow! And tame, and tame, and tame again. Crank up the
2: music! Charge a glass! This nation is going to dance all night! Former England under-21 goalkeepers, absolute stalwarts, occasionally hapless centre-backs, players turned pundits, dropped down the divisions merchants, cheerful goal machines, Soccer AM sofa perennials. And inevitably, someone who is too good for the championship, not good enough for the Premier League. Brought to your ears by Goalhanger Podcasts, this is Football Clichés and the Pure EFL 11. Hello everyone and welcome to Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me to select the Pure EFL 11 is first of all Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going? I presume you've been... um, have you been watching old episodes of Football League Extra to get prepared for this?
1: I should have done. Yeah, this is going to be... I'm, I'm looking forward to this because, obviously, I'm such a Premier League man through and through. So th- this, will be, uh, this will be very, very interesting.
2: Georgie Thompson can't help you here. Second of all, David Walker, executive producer of the Football Clichés podcast and former EFL podcaster and, I guess, biennial championship fan too. So uh, you're more or less... Well equipped for this,
0: yeah. This should be a happy hunting ground for me.
2: Yeah. So in a past
0: life, I had a football league podcast called We Are Going Up, mm. and I was looking back through the archives the other day for something, and in the process of doing so, discovered I, I'd remembered this, but I like you know never gone back to listen to it. But you were on Adam. We had you on. We had you on. We are going up as a guest to promote your book in hmm. late twenty fourteen. Yeah, I believe and. Uh, do you want to hear a clip? Please.
2: Yeah. A real sort of prescient moment this was. Yeah. It?
0: An embryonic sort of moment of what was to come.
2: They didn't really persist with it for as long as many people think and uh, I feel kind of sorry for Andy Townsend. I feel sorry for Andy Townsend in many ways but, um, <laughs> but I feel sorry that he's had this kind of thing kind of, um, you know, associated with him for so long but, uh, but maybe it's just pure alliteration Townsend's tactic truck poor guy and, Presumab- um,
0: presumably he was not only in the tactics truck but also around it
2: <laughs> in a, in the, uh, yes, yes it was kind of like um, Schrodinger's cat of, of, of situation is Townsend in I don't know is he dead who knows that's where the germ was first born there you go um, our paths did cross right mission specialist for the pure EFL 11 he's on an emergency loan from the not the top 20 podcast the preeminent football league podcast no less nominated For the football supporters association podcast of the year vote for them maybe if you don't like us it's Ali Maxwell how you doing
3: hello guys I'm doing very well the the preeminent EFL podcast but famously not the original as you mentioned Dave DCW we are going up they were our forefathers and they stopped just as we started which I've never really thanked Dave for but it it really did
2: help get us off the ground you need staying power if you're going to be football league entity really you need, you need to be a stalwart. Yeah, how
3: many years did you do, Dave? Because we're we're in we're about to hit eight years.
0: We did we did five, but we really did run out of steam in the last year. <laughs> I've looked back at like we were putting out an episode just basically whenever we could be asked, and um, <laughs> yeah. you know it was time for us to to retire. But you you've taken it on to to heights that
3: we could never have reached. Well, you guys have reached it. Famously with this podcast, so it's good to be on with a fellow FSA Award Podcast of the Year nominee, Uh, but also, and sorry for saying this, Charlie, uh, three people on this podcast have played League Minutes for Ribblesdale Rovers
1: this season. (laughs) True, though, to complete, to square that circle, I have played with Dave for another team but just not Rebels. Fair enough,
2: fair enough. Well, that's that's a mutual appreciation over with. Um, Dave, I mean, I don't want to be too Henry Winter about this, but the, the 92 as a whole is something to be quite proud of, isn't it? I mean, part of me uh, intermittently thinks that 92 professional clubs plus an insanely competitive kind of National League system as well is fairly unsustainable for a medium-sized nation in global terms. But it is a triumph and we should celebrate it on this podcast, shouldn't we? Hugely, yeah. And I think that's what we'll do. Because I I think when you say
0: EFL or Football League or whatever, it can conjure a certain image in the mind of a casual football fan. People might think that it's all a bit shit and it's all long ball or whatever, which increasingly isn't the case. But even the EFL and Sky Sports and broadcasters have dabbled in this rhetoric themselves of like, it's real football for real fans. Mm. And, And... you know there is a kernel of truth in that, but also it's so vast—72 clubs in the in the EFL—it provides such a scope, such a rich tapestry for all sorts of different types of players, different career arcs, different stories. Yeah, and it's an amazing thing, and that's, that's what we will get into today.
2: Charlie, I've uh, I've logged onto my uh, brand new Wi-Fi, my new house, and one of the other options next door, the Wi-Fi network was simply called Loftus Road. How reassuring! <laughs> oh,
1: I love that. Yeah.
2: He's an athletic subscriber as well, apparently my next door neighbour. First one I've ever met in real life. <laughs> good, to, good to know the brand awareness is, is spreading. That's great. Um, however, before we get on to the matter at hand, um, the briefest adjudication panel item of all. Um, in the first of what I hope is a long-running series entitled listeners attempting to nail one of the commentary clips from the intro to the Football Clichés podcast after, and I quote, one too many cans on the train, here's Danny Clark.
0: He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a Sue Porter who is, I went without a shadow of a doubt, giving him... Le-
2: <laughs> Charlie, oh I'm giving that a fairly generous <laughs> 6 out of 10, mainly because the acoustics of the oh. train station toilets that he recorded it in let him down significantly.
1: I was going to say it's hard to separate it from the acoustics. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. But, uh, but also, he should get marks for being the first person to have done it.
2: Yeah, Early- no, true.
1: Very early adopter, fair play. He got the, the stumble right in the yeah, middle. Yeah, he did, yeah. That was
0: spot on. Yeah,
2: note perfect there. Overall, though, Dave, the kind of Jonathan Pierce radio rhythm is not an easy one to nail. I thought this delivery was very sort of Hamlet at the Globe. <laughs> <laughs> really projecting. Yeah. yeah imagine walking into the toilets imagine walking into the train station toilets alley and finding someone doing this jonathan pierce's kung fu kick commentary from 1995 i mean
3: i would love to laugh at our friend here but i've definitely tried to speak along with the intro at least a hundred times before and i if i'm honest would back myself to nail it after one too many counts on a train mm -hmm. so that's why maybe maybe we'll try that
2: over the weekend Right, you're extra welcome now. Right, this is it. This is the pure EFL 11, the cross-section of the football league experience over the last 20, 30 years or so. Let's let's dig into it. Let's intro this and in. let's set the scene, if we can, Charlie. Um, Friday night, Sky Sports Football, Gary Weaver on comms. These are the sorts of players you might have expected to see in recent years.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's very much in my mind's eye. Probably Don Goodman, maybe Andy Hinchcliffe, one of those guys alongside him
2: and sort of expressing mild annoyance at the attacking passage of
1: play that's just gone on in front of them. Exactly. And kind of telling us, yeah, how football's changed over the last however many years because nowadays expositions is expected to do this. Yeah, I mean, this is such a rich tapestry and like the, yeah, even, I mean, we'll start with goalkeepers presumably and that, that feels like one of the best and funnest positions of this team.
2: Definitely, definitely. So many journeymen to start with, I think. Dave, I was... Thinking about what our inspirations could be for this, because obviously, as I mentioned, Ali's here as the mission specialist. He is in the encyclopedia of the EFL, I will be sort of digging around in the recesses of my football brain, sort of grasping at names. And the first thing I could think of as an inspiration was just simply recurring names on the Soccer Saturday Vidi Printer. And someone else on Twitter said, Craig Mikhail Smith. And it's just so obviously going to be him. What a great name to select. I'm so glad that that sort of synergy happened there.
3: It's amazing to me how important the Vidi Printer is for this episode in particular. But I also guess that there's an aspect of when you were born and how old you were during certain eras that's gonna play a part. Because I think we all still clearly mm. love football and probably still see viddy printers a lot, but probably not as much as we did when we were a lot younger. So there's, you know, I've got a certain Reading team from about 2007, mm. maybe 2003. I don't even know what year. I've got the whole team in my head. Because that's my like strongest, most focused era of loving the Vidi printer.
2: I've got basically anyone who wore that very specific EFL shirt font from 2004 to 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's my that's my sweet spot for the EFL. But okay, let's get into this. We're picking a team of players whose career arcs sort of represent the EFL ebb and flow, the enduring transfer strategies of football league clubs over the last couple of decades. Let's start with the goalkeepers, Ali. My ethos straight away for this was to look at former England under-21 goalkeepers whose careers never quite kicked on just for, I don't, know, I don't know, supply chain issues. Didn't they just didn't get a foot in the door in the <laughs> Premier League. I'm going for your Ben Anics, your Joe Lewis's, your Scott Loaches, your Frank Fieldings, your David Buttons, who I should actually add was only England under 20s, so it doesn't quite count. These are the sorts of names that, I mean, they all blend into one for me after a while.
3: Yeah, I think that's completely fair. And I guess the the sort of serious reasoning to an extent is that youth goalkeeping is a very strange part of, of youth development and kind of talent ID. And so broadly, if you start more than about fifteen games as an under-twenty one goalkeeper in the EFL, there's a good chance you will be called up to at least the under nineteens or the under twenties. Um, I mean that on that note, you mentioned Joe Lewis. Mm. He's notable because he was once called up by Fabio Capella yeah. to the England squad. Uh, I'll take you back to May 2008. Mm. Eng- England have famously not qualified for Euro 2008. McLaren's out, Capello's in. They have an international break. And from what I can gather, it it seems like no one gave a shit, including was all that, of the
1: players. Was that when they played Trinidad and Tobago? Is that that's, the international break? Yeah, that's
3: exactly it. USA, Trinidad and Tobago. And um, Chris Kirkland drops out for some reason and Joe Lewis gets called up. And at this point, he had only played 46 games in League Two and no other senior games at all. He was playing for Peterborough. They had just won promotion from League Two and he got called up, presumably, just because he was, I think, in the under-21 squad and he was sort of in the building, so to speak. But also, it's I think it's highly notable for, for, for these purposes.
2: Was that before or after he played up front for the under-21s? It was him, wasn't it? The only keeper I can think of playing up front is David James for Stuart Pearce's Man City. I'm 90% sure I've <laughs> got this right. Joe Lewis... England and he came on as a sub and played up front not out of necessity just out of basically <laughs> of choice from- sort of mild banter reasons. Yeah, um England under 21s 7 Azerbaijan nil. Stuart Pearce was the manager and he No. Joe Lewis ended up playing up as centre forward. I think they just ran out of subs. And oh my like, god. It, there was a kind of slight debate about whether it was um, Hold on. Everyone knows that not.
3: Pearce played James up front. But yeah. has this ever been made clear that he did it twice? Has anyone ever made that link? That's the first time I've ever identified this. I, there's an amazing quote Joe Lewis talking about the time he got called up for England when clearly he shouldn't have been there. And the quote is, I remember being disappointed with David James. He wasn't interested in talking to me. As the senior goalkeeper, I thought he'd be welcoming, but he's a strange character.
2: You never knew what was going on inside his head. Didn't belong there. Hadn't played enough senior games, as far as I'm concerned. All roads, though, Dave Walker, lead to this man. As John Sands writes in, EFL goalkeeper, I just think Lee Camp Derby, QPR, Norwich, Bournemouth, Forest, Rotherham, Birmingham. Head, just too much the shape of a football to be elite. (laughs) Rob Phillips also says, record championship appearance holder. I feel like he played every Sky Sports Championship early kickoff for about 10 years. So statistically, (laughs) Dave... He's very well backed here. Yeah, I think he completely ticks the box there. I think some of those you've just mentioned. I, I also had a
0: a category in my mind which was similar to what you've just said with the under 21s, but goalkeeper who goes on to be a, a sort of solid third choice for England. And there are the likes of Jack Butland. Yeah, Butland. Um Tom Heaton, John Ruddy who of all too Premier League, but, but yeah, I was going to say they probably have risen a bit too much, you know, and, and they've they've played played a bit too much Premier League football at some point in their careers. It's hard to beat Lee Camp though with those clubs that you've just mentioned, and also the appearance
2: factor. I like that. If we were going to throw some last minute banners into the mix, you could go the other way, the other kind of career trajectory down from the Premier League, Charlie, and pick. Any number of former Manchester United youth goalkeepers. Luke Steele, Paul Rachubka, Ben Amos... And Kieran yeah. Westwood, who sounds like he should have been a Manchester United youth goalkeeper, was actually a Man City youth goalkeeper. They're all good names as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good category. I mean, David Stockdale, I feel, is kind of honorable mention. He was one of the first names. I mean, in my head, I know Lee Camp doesn't. But I'm imagining with kind of long hair with kind of blonde highlights. I feel there were a lot, of, a disproportionate number of <laughs> Some that Lionel kind of goalkeeper tribute acts yeah, in, in the kind of late noughties and and Kelvin Davis as well. And this is where. I have a, a obviously a different perspective, certainly from Dave and Ali, in that. There are a lot of peop- a lot of names, and I think this is partly a football manager, championship manager thing as well. Names of people, I didn't know who they were or what they looked like. They were just <laughs> names to me, and I kind of judged them only on their names, but they seemed to have good reputation, so I just assumed they were good without ever really seeing them.
0: Where do we, where do we stand on Paddy Kenny? Because I feel that getting our heads around this early would be instructive for, for what comes later on, because he, mm. he is no question an EFL stalwart who... It's promotions and obviously associated with, with Neil Warnock. But he's kind of... Is he too much of a sort of y-
3: cult novelty. figure?
0: Yeah, to be... <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean.
3: Adam needs to decree to what extent we wait towards banter figures or, you know, Let's try and be relatively serious and respect the footballing careers as well.
2: Let, as with all these sort of fairly domestic-based elevens, it's OK to have a sprinkling of Soccer AM, but not too much. <laughs> so you don't have Paddy Kenny and Lee Trundle, is all I'm saying. Well, so, yeah, Akin, so, Akin Fenwell
1: was suggested as yes, well by a few people. Yes, also that.
2: So I for that reason it. alone, our number one, the first name on our team sheet, is Lee Camp. His Forest counterpart, Lee Camp, was having a quieter day, but reacted brilliantly after the break to keep out Richard Wood. Right back four time. Loads of directions you can go here, but I am going to do what I always do, Ali, and just throw names at you and see what sticks. If you want to go in a different direction, it's entirely up to you. Danny Bat, Ben Tozer, Lee Peltier, or is it Lee Peltier? Is- <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, he's got a little bit of French flair on that. I think it is Peltier. Interesting, and this is this is going to be the issue with this podcast not being five hours long, because at any given time there are about eighteen or. Well, yeah, about 1,500 EFL players and we've got to go through them all. Yes. But I say that to say that you've only said one name that's actually on on my, on my the tip of my tongue okay. um, and it's Effie Sodji.
2: Yeah! We
3: should start there. E- everyone knew the Sodjis because there were lots of them. There were three brothers that played professionally. Effie Sodji wore the bandana mm-hmm. uh, with the phrase against all odds on it, which was fairly iconic and played for Nigeria in, in uh, international tournaments uh, and, and played a lot of football uh, at these levels was also... Found guilty and jailed for fraud a couple of years ago for siphoning money. Oh, that's from quite his, EFL, isn't it? From his, from his own charity. Oh, God. So wow. Th- there's one defender that I, I just have to say, and <laughs> then I'm happy to take a step back on defenders because I think, you know, EFL, brutish defenders are probably in the eye of the beholder. But <laughs> I think for a right back, there can only be Graham Alexander. Yes, okay. he was on my list. For so many reasons, right? so. Longevity in appearances is is always going to be a factor here, and he became the second outfield player after Tony Ford to make a thousand career appearances in English football. Love it. He had a he had a ten year stretch between ninety nine and two thousand and nine where he played over forty league games in nine of ten seasons, including the full forty six games three times and forty five games three times. All three times he missed a game through suspension, which is. Spot on for a right back. That's how it should happen. He made it to the Premier League eventually at 37 with Burnley, where he became the oldest outfield Premier League debutant at the time. He became the fourth oldest Premier League goalscorer when he scored, but mainly for the penalties. Like, makes him stand out as much as anyone I can think of in terms of having one thing. So transfer marked reckons he scored 71 and missed four. So that's a 95% conversion rate. But not only did he take them and score them but watch them back and i've still i've not seen anyone do this before or since and he's maybe the best of all time in english football so he the technique is mental it's yeah, absolutely really mental awesome. yeah. he runs straight at the ball like stands straight behind it by about 10 8 yards he runs straight at the ball and he's got three finishes so he either goes down the middle with his laces with like a straight boot really powerful he can go outside of the foot into the his right, the keeper's left, and then sometimes he just closes it and does a little instep into the corner to keep the keep the keeper guessing. It's unbelievable.
0: I love the pressure of it. You know, it was um, yeah the control you have to have on your emotions. You know, the, the the spotlight being right on you, and it's like, come on then. You know, and it's. You know, I don't know if you can say, it, but I just say, you know, you're putting your balls on the table, really. You're so, either gonna get tickled or, or kicked.
3: <laughs> oh, and also he's also managed Fleetwood, Scunthorpe, Salford, MK Dons, and now Bradford, <laughs> all in League One and Two, never made it to the championship.
2: It's overwhelming. And Charlie, even if there was any danger that Graham Alexander might have crept into being slightly too Premier League, the fact that he set those records for being the oldest player to do X, Y, and Z just is quite championshipy behaviour. You know, finally got up there. So all boxes ticked.
1: I think that's the slam dunk. There, there are a few other again sort of categories to open up. Left back, Nicky Shorey, hmm. uh, and Ali mentioned that Reading team. I mean, he was so in that space. But what he, the box he ticks as well, is played in all the divisions. So he came up. He played what well, I think it was back when it was the third division. But he played okay. League Two, League Two, League One, Championship, then got in the Premier League. Okay, and made his way all the way into the England squad I think he did um, on, on more than one occasion which I think I think harms his case for inclusion maybe which maybe counts against him but I but just to open up the played in all the divisions discussion
2: as an aside on Nicky Shuri do you think he was the very very last nail in the coffin for England's perennial left-sided problem do you think after Nicky Shuri we just didn't care anymore because <laughs> there was a brief period towards the end of that obsession where we just had two fullbacks just playing next to each other and say you go on and that was it we gave up
3: yeah. <laughs> who came first, Konchesky or Shawry? I'm not sure of the timeline there. I don't know. That's such a big
2: question to ponder. Too big for this podcast.
3: A couple
0: Go of on, shouts Dave. for left back. I think both need to be considered, and they're both they're both quite different. Uh, one is George Friend, yes. who played for Middlesbrough, most famously. Um, still playing Bristol Rovers, I think, mm-hmm. at the
2: moment. Athlete as well, like rangy athlete, good for 46 games a season. But he just looks like the sort of late. 2010s championship sort
0: of player with the haircut, yep. tidy enough, but yeah, not quite a Premier League. Did get up to the Premier League, but not quite a Premier League player. On the flip side, you know, I, I think this guy should really be considered. If we're looking for a one-club man, uh, the real longevity factor is Dean Lewington.
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, as Joe Freese writes in, Dean Lewington, 917 games and still going. Are we getting a little bit obsessed, though, Dave, with, with longevity here? Are we being longevity merchants? Maybe. But I do think he's—he's. He's,
0: I don't. I, I was looking around for a whole category of one club men, and they're they're actually very few and far between. And I know right. that there there may be some dispute as to whether obviously he started playing for Wimbledon, the old Wimbledon, and then went to MK Dons. There may be some people that would say he wasn't a one club man in that regard. But <laughs> through no fault of his own, he's basically played for the same. Organisation saying he had to move with them, didn't he? And he's still there
3: nicely put. You know, classic England football family, as well as dad Ray Lewington, who I think of as one of those guys who will wear shorts on the bench. He's every, a shorts man, yeah, in every weather. Yeah. And quite sweet when um, uh, there was a period last season where MK had sat their manager and Dean Lewington became the interim manager as the senior player and Ray Lewington came in to give him a hand, which was nice.
0: Aww. And here's the other reason why he should be in, I think, is because he's not a championship man. He, he he may have played a bit there, but he is purely, really, the bulk of his career is sort of League One, League Two. And I think we as we go forward, we may... We may struggle, perhaps, to include League Two, League One players. We're gonna. It is inevitably going to skew towards the Championship. Just, Possibly,
3: yeah. So, so, so my other uh, defender names just before uh, we adjudicate would be uh, Richard Keogh and Aidan Flint. Kio, such a specific look and style of play. You're never actually sure if he's good or bad or somewhere in between, but he's played for about 15 years only in the championship and League One. So there must be something about him. He's also got a high profile controversy to his name when Derby had some fairly major issues a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, Aidan Flint has going for him the fact that he has a league hat trick to his name from centre-back, which included a Rabona volley at the back <laughs> post. I'm, I'm genuinely not making that up. Um, it, it, it does defy physics, so do watch it, a Rabona <laughs> volley. Um, but also quick hits, David Weeter, who has the most bro- oh, the most broken nose of all time. He's um, too Barclays for
2: me. He's too <laughs> Barclays for me, yeah. I, I, I literally completely flatlining that one. Not having he it. He
3: was fair enough. He, he, but he was. He's a classic case of someone who just kept playing, even though he was dropping down, dropping oh, down, dropping down. Oh, late era David Weeter. Okay, yeah. okay, I see it. Um, mm-hmm. Paul Robinson, who I just think of as the most which like, one absolute bulldog um, of a defender. And uh, Steve McNulty, this is probably straying into like sort of banter parody territory, but th- there's no getting away from it. He was heavy. Too he's non-league a- though. He's too non-league.
1: I looked at him, but he's 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 far too non-leaguey. No, I think okay. that's fair.
2: Uh, that's all I've Honorary got. mention for that lad. Yes, very much so.
1: Another centre-back in that kind of, I know him from football manager, but not a lot more is Danny Shitu. And again, like he was one of those guys, he... he Everyone kind of knew him. He was obviously the, the name as well, but he's that. I mean, if you wanted, I don't think this is right, but if you wanted that um, low knee who then went on to the Premier League, there's Ben White who played for Leeds, Newport and Peterborough. And the only and one of the only reasons I mentioned that is because a friend of mine, when he was playing for Leeds, was watching Leeds in the Championship he's a Spurs fan and said like we should sign this guy Ben White he looks amazing and I do think there's something quite satisfying like feeling like you're being a bit of a scout by watching the championship and then it proving right is yeah, we, that is a good feeling
2: we've got to have someone who who tore it up down in the Football League absolutely definitely um, right let's stock take here Graham Alexander yes so torn at left back between Friend and Lewington I'll I, I tell you what it is about Lewington let's it, it, I mean, not tiptoe around the issue once more but it is no mean feat to become a mainstay for a club who are a new entity and roundly you know dismissed in many places so to become a stalwart for a club that many people don't recognize i think is quite a feat so i quite like lewington at left back But with only two minutes left, skipper Dean Lewington made sure no one cared. Traveling 50 yards and beating Tom Penford, he scored emphatically. Keo has that extra angle, Ali, of having sort of playoff final heartbreak as well, um, notably. So I think playoff final heartbreak is key to all of this because you know mm. it's, it's the it's the climax for every football league season. So let's have Keo in at centre half, and that is the heartbreaking moment. From Derby County skipper, Richard Keogh, doesn't clear the ball. Are we all right with Effie Sochi? Because I, I like the iconography of it, you know, the, the bandana and everything. And him being at World Cup 2002 is just hilarious. So, yes. Hughes pulled one back, but that was as good as it got for the Shakers. In stoppage time, player coach Effie Sochi, while six foot four and 39 years of him, saw a straight red for this clash with Luke Williams. And then the family aspect, the family affair.
1: Also, he's great because I'm sure like many, I remember vividly seeing him play for the first time. I'm sure like a lot of fact, there was something he he was, yeah. was a long was, time. Yeah, he did. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, that's a, well, I'm really happy with that back four. Really happy with that. Era spanning, expertise spanning, narrative spanning. Love it. Right, let's move on to my midfield. I'm fine with three. If you want to go with four, we can we can work with that too. We're we're into kind of stalwart territory here now, Dave. Players that can do it all, have seen it all, and got the t-shirt. Have have served their clubs well, one or multiple. Not fussed. I'll kick you off with this. This came from Mike Hull, 84. I can't decide if playing in all divisions is a trap, but Ian Ashby captained Hull City from Division 3 to the Premier League as a technically limited breakup play and give it to your midfield partner, defensive midfielder. So I'm definitely nominating him. I'm really keen on players who have played in all divisions. Really keen, and if you captained them as well, big fan. I think Leon Britton did did the same for Swansea. Currently,
0: you've got Pelly Rado, and Panzu plays for Luton, mm. who has gone from non-league all the way up to the to the Premier League. I do like a uh, someone that's been on the journey with with mm. their club. I hadn't hadn't thought of Ashby, but he is a good shout because he is a player that is just every inch the 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 EFL midfield man. Like mm. what was he doing in the Premier League, really? And good luck to him. But like it, he he, he, he <laughs> just
2: it just looks like a mid an EFL it does. midfielder. Absolutely yeah. does. No question about it. Charlie, what are you thinking here? What's your ethos for our midfield?
1: It does feel like we do need to get in someone who's played across. There are sort of very technical midfielders again, upending the idea of the EFL being very physical, etc. The the guys who like Barry Bannon is who I'm thinking of. Who, who... has to be in this team? Just has to be. Yeah. And
2: what a- Out of nothing and out of this world, Barry Bannon. As the evening gets better and better
1: for Sheffield, so he's someone who. You know, it was probably too small for the Premier League and moved his way down, but then, you know, looked very good. He very much comes into the category of
0: diminutive playmaker who isn't physically cut out for the Premier League, but can run games down here. Exactly. Like, I think we need this midfield to be a mix. There has to be some grit, but there also has to be some, you know, a a sort of mini magician type player.
1: Yeah, I mean, because there's also the kind of Kumas Kavanaugh type midfielders who who may be they're just kind of in that too good for the championship not quite good enough for the Premier League category and obviously we will come onto that with the strikers it depends well if you include McCormack Ross McCormack whether he's sort of there in attack midfield or whether he has to be as a striker but there are lots of those type of players as well or someone like um, Joby McEnough who just to me screams EFL if you
2: you end up being a pundit in the EFL that really does help yeah exactly
1: he's like Mr EFL for me I agree
2: Ali, you may well have some themes to throw into the mix, but I'm going to do what I always do, once again, just throw names at you. Tom Ince, Wes Houlihan, can he dovetail with Barry Bannon? Not sure, but Barry Bannon's in. That's just a fact. Richie Wellens, Anthony Pilkington, John Joe O'Toole, (laughs) James Coppinger, and another pundit as um, nominated by Sunny Ridge of Rujavadjila, if we're talking about more recent times, is there space for David Prutton? He could do the media coverage and play too. So we can't have Mackinoff and Prutton, so you're going to have to decide that, but how do you feel now? That
3: is very difficult, having worked a lot with both of them. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, Prutton's episode on uh, football cliches in particular. I don't, I, it, and I don't think I've ever said this to him. I think him playing in the EFL was just slightly before my time in terms of conscious idea of the player he was obviously and he knows this a bit of a parody for his aggression on the pitch and Mm. uh, very much plays up to the fact that he wasn't very good at football but still managed to have a a good career Um, so I think he's pretty I mean the difficulty here is central midfielders and wingers being sort of bundled in together because I think Joby, 11 straight seasons just in the second tier, not in the Premier League, not below it. He did then make the Premier League eventually having one promotion with Reading. The only way he was going to get a Premier League Mm -hmm. appearance was via promotion. He got it after 11 seasons playing for Wimbledon, West Ham, Cardiff, Crystal Palace Watford and then Reading he started every game in the Premier League all 38 and never played another game in the Prem he also hmm. had a, sev- a seven year twilight with uh, <laughs> Leighton Orient and Stevenage and Leighton Orient again and he's the number one EFL pundit so he's a very very strong case
2: oh,
0: that is good. Twilight, Twilights are good. The EFL gives you potential to play on into your late 30s yeah. and drop down if you want to. It's there for you.
3: The other things, I mean, Houlihan is one of the most popular like cult players, I'd say, of the last 10, 15 years. He also had a bit of a twilight where he went to the A League in Australia for a while. Then he came ah. back to, to play in League Two with Cambridge and was... By mild he was like Bannon levels in
1: League Two. He did do a bit in the Prem. Did he do a bit too much in the Premier League?
3: Well, over a hundred games in
2: the Prem. I, I do remember making a bit of an impression in the Premier League. I think I think Bannon edges him out. I have to say, it's, I, but a league doesn't ru- doesn't rule out Huland because. Of- because I think of A-League as the sort of genuine just going on holiday from the Championship League just having a little <laughs> yeah. break oh, yeah. A-League's, A-League's a compliment to it mm, <laughs> totally save it agree. for the pure A-League 11 lads
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh yeah good I think Houlihan having played over 100 Premier League games probably rules him out and you could probably say the same about Johnny Housen but I really yeah. think of him yeah, as like Championship agree. Centre midfielder the, there are two key names I have to mention you, you've said Coppinger he's pretty classic EFL type 17 years at Doncaster mm. uh, Mike. Mike Michael Kightly would be a random winger to chuck in as a good name of a certain period, and he and then Kitely fits
2: into another bracket of non late developer who comes up through non league. Oh, we like late developers. We love late developers. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, I thought Kiteley I thought was really going to be really good. I think Mick McCarthy signed him for Wolves straight from Gray's Athletic. Yeah,
3: was he? he was. Yeah. That was exciting in the sort of Champ Man era. The the two names that we that we can't move past midfielders without mentioning are Peter Whittingham, yeah. who. Yeah. Um, May he rest in peace. Was an unbelievable player. Scored once, scored twenty goals in a season from midfield, which is you know Lampard-esque, but that never really happens in the in the champ. And he's uh, although he's not small like Bannon, he probably is the discrepancy between his technical skills and his physical skills was probably the reason why he wasn't playing in the Premier League and, and was absolutely tearing it up, particularly from dead ball situations in the Champ. So I think Whittingham scoring free kicks springs to mind. Yeah,
0: Whittingham, just on Whittingham, there was uh, Gareth Thomas tweeted in saying, uh, the late great EFL legend, 401 games, 82 goals, 16 assists, three PFA Championship teams of the years, uh, a classic EFL wide midfielder, not really a winger. Sort of a, a slow, yeah. not, not a pacey winger, kind of, kind of like a... Sort of a,
3: midfield left on an old yeah. championship manager. Mm. Game. But that position doesn't exist in, in, mm. mod, in the modern game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like a left-footed sort of poor man's David Beckham in, in, some, in some
3: ways. The, the one that I've clearly got wrong here, I'm just getting the criteria wrong, but has to be mentioned because he, he put together the single greatest season of all time in the championship. And that's the Streets' Adel Tarant who uh, 19 goals and 21 assists for QPR under Neil Warnock, no less. So he's got a little Warnock multiplier in there. Uh, he was 21 years old and it is, and will never be beaten as, as the best individual season in EFL history.
2: Well, I mean, it's interesting that you, you touch on championship mavericks. Players who could possibly be collected under the umbrella term, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, I think our midfield is ripe for one of these. Ali Benabia... Robert mm. Prozonetsky, Inigo Idiarquez, who I don't remember anything of at Derby, but I remember the fuss
1: being made about him. Um, you could also have your David Frios. I mean, more, more recently, Ruben Neves. I mean, we know why he was down there, but mad that he was. The problem
0: with this category, I, I, I had the sort of, what are you doing here? And, you, you know, you can rope in sort of Edgar Davids. Royston Drenthe, even going back into defence, Watford had Filippo O'Garley for a season, who was part of the legendary AC Milan team, played alongside <laughs> Beresi and he popped up, popped up at Watford for a season because we because we had it's Vialli great. as our manager, and he caught, he was yeah. thirty nine, and he and he was great for a year. But the problem is with you can't have Edgar Edgardo in a pure EFL eleven, no, and and it's the same when we you know there's another category of talking about Premier League low knees who drop down and play a handful of games and go on to be legends, Harry Kane. Beckham, mm. Lampard, Terry. Nope. It's a notable feature of the EFL, but you can't have them in the eleven. You can't have Harry nope.
1: Kane up front for the EFL eleven. We're getting there, we're getting there, we're figuring it out. You tear it up. But I also think you you hinted at it, Ali, but I do think um wrap is two streets won't forget eleven. I think he, he's so synonymous with that team. And like, eleven, yeah. I, I will we resist. Could, we'd never get him out of that contract. I think
0: that's that's an important point because if you if you can get into another eleven, or whatever it is, another football cliche's eleven. You can't. That
1: be should exclude you. Oh, I'll, have start,
2: I'll have to set up a spreadsheet because this is going to get very worrying. You know, these are great names,
3: but again, like Ed, you know, like the Edgar Davids, Robert prozanetsky Paul Gascoigne, Paul Merson, they are just not thought of as EFL. They're not pure
2: EFL, are they? On a vega note, I really enjoyed this from Emma Levin. Between about 2010 and 2015, every team in the Championship had a Tommy Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Who's completing our midfield here? We've got Barry Bannon. We've got Joby McEnough. I am I'm. I think we should go 4-4-2 because I think we should have Whittingham on the left,
0: McEnough on the right. I like that. That feels yeah. right.
2: OK, let's try and complete this midfield then. We've got Barry Bannon. We've got Joby McEnough. Whittingham, I mean, I'm concerned about going to championship here, but given that, you know, that was his level for so long and he excelled at that level for so long and became a sort of talismanic figure at one club, I'm kind of happy with it. Shackle
0: heads it away, only to Emmanuel Thomas, turns it in field. Whittingham with the shot.
1: Oh, what a goal from Peter Whittingham. Peter
0: Whittingham! He also related to Guy Whittingham, who held for a long time the record for most, most goals in a football league season. Do you remember how many? 42. 42. Yeah. 42.
2: Good knowing of stats. Okay, that's three out of the four. One more then,
1: please. So we need another midfield, another central midfielder to go in there with, with Bannon. I mean, I do like Prutton. He, he also ticks the box for me of being someone I'd never seen apart from on Football Manager. And
2: We are getting very championship here, I have to warn us again. Was his red card in the Premier League, that
1: famous Yeah, meltdown. that was in the Premier League, yeah.
2: Okay, so we've got our sort of emerging late career League One playmaker. We've got our player turned pundit we've got our talismanic championship level figure I want our going through the divisions central mid we've got captain Ian Ashby or we've got Pelly Ruddokunpanzu who's in the Premier League now which I think counts against him actually and we've been hearing too much about it so on that basis alone Ian Ashby is not only in our midfield but he gets the captain's armband as well comes in header
3: from Ashby Tigers have taken the lead, and don't they
2: deserve it? Right, that's our midfield taken care of. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Football Clichés. This is the pure EFL 11. It's the sprawling mess we all anticipated it would be. But we're plugging away as you ought to in the Football League. Let's run through our team so far. In goal, Lee Camp. In defence, Graham Alexander, Dean Lewington, Richard Keogh and F.A. Sodje. In midfield, Barry Bannon, Joby McEnough, Peter Whittingham and captain Ian Ashby. Now we've been denied a three-man forward line which is always a crushing moment because forwards are always the fun bit. So we have a real selection headache on our hands up front Charlie.
1: Yeah, th- this is this is going to be tough. There are loads of names I and mean, we've trailed a couple of them, you know, the slightly more novelty Soccer Am options, Lee Trundle, Akinfenwa. I must say, I mean Lee Trundle was one of the first names came to my head in really? the I guess yeah, I guess in the way that he kind of transcended EFL and Arguably football. Yeah, you know, he be- he became this kind of you know, he was inventing skills and doing mad stuff. Maybe he's two streets won't forget. Um, though I don't think he was achieved enough in his career. He's also but then qui- you're looking- He's also
3: quietly part of another interesting category, which is the late developer that comes up through non league. Because yeah. he didn't yeah, play for Rex until he was twenty four and Swan's t- when he was twenty six. So there's obviously that is we got Yavardis. Um, someone like Alfie May right now who was playing for Hyde Town until he was 24 current top scorer in League 1 so that's quite a nice
2: subset of of these strikers it always seems to be the strikers that come up from non league as well i do like Ali, that kind of tantalizing transfer strategy towards the lower reaches of the football league where you see a player who's scoring 30 40 goals in a for a club who may be like three or four divisions below and you they're obviously a good finisher you think can they do it and they take that chance and I would say, on average, they tend to sort of float rather than sink. You realise that strategy has a name, and it's called Barry Fry.
3: <laughs> and it's called mm. Peterborough United. And if there's a club that I yep. think of as EFL strikers, Craig McHale-Smith, Aaron McLean, so many others, more recently Ivan Tony, Johnson-Clark-Harris. Yeah. Uh, Johnson-Clark-Harris is interesting to me because... I wonder what the people who are in their peak viddy printer era now, who's who's Craig McHale-Smith now? And I reckon Johnson, Clark, Harris could be it. But the, I mean, Barry, yeah, Peterborough stand out to me. There's also one, I've I've mentioned Reading a few times, they're clearly my North Star, but there was a a Reading team that had all in one squad, Leroy Lita, Dave Kitson, Kevin Doyle, Shane Long and Simon Cox. And that (laughs) is, I mean, that is sensational. And they are also... The championships all-time po-
2: points record team. So, ah, yeah, are they just? They're just. Are they just too good? Too good for this team?
0: You've also got Jermaine Beckford and DJ Campbell are also both sh- yeah. non-league strikers who came up. I think Beckford the, the the FA Cup goal for Leeds at Old Trafford probably is the most notable moment of his career. And that uh, you know, I don't know. I think mm. that maybe on
3: when we're splitting hairs, he probably yep. misses out on that basis. Yeah. Um, DJ Campbell was an FA Cup guy as well for for Hayes and Yedding. Um, That's where he kind of came on. That's where he got his Barry Fry move into the EFL off the back of. So maybe that's not quite right either. And
1: he did have a Premier League season where he, I feel like he was quite um, noticeable. I mean, Jordan Rhodes feels, I mean, he is, I know, I think he played six games in the Premier League, but that guy, he is so.
2: This is why I wanted (laughs) three strikers. There are so many strands to play with here. If we had three strikers, we'd be able to comfortably address the too good for the championship, not good enough for the Premier League. Um, aspects of this, which is inevitable. We should we should have someone in that. And I think maybe. that has to be Jordan Rhodes. I've got a way we might be able to get around this. Okay, could we could we bring someone off the bench? Lay on.
0: No. Could we could we go four three three and we keep Bannon, Ashby, and Whittingham could play in a midfield three, and Macanuff Macanuff can just be our like pun. He, he can be our pundit of choice. All
2: right then. All right then. He can he's be our media. He's world. our media
1: representative. We've got him on a retainer. He just does bits and bobs.
2: Right, okay. So we're having three strikers. We are having a too good for the championship, not good enough for the Premier League player. It is Jordan Rhodes, so that takes care of that. And we don't have to waste any more time on that. He's spearheading our our forward line.
0: Delivery is dangerous.
2: Coin toss for you now, Ali Maxwell. Is it Jamie Curriton or Nikki Forster? That's the choice you've got to make. It. It's definitely Jamie
3: Curriton of those two. Um, I, they, they certainly were a kind of Batman and Robin of the of the um, exact viddy Printer era where I was <laughs> most obsessed with football and uh, and and lo- the lower leagues. But uh, I think it has to be Curriton. I mean, the one thing that goes against him, which people may have forgotten, is that the first goals he scored as a professional were in the Premier League for Norwich. I, I do rem- I do remember him bursting onto the scene in 94-95. Yeah, and then he scores EFL goals from 95-96 to 2015-16, which is absolutely insane. So between the two of those, it has to be Curiton. Delivers
2: it up towards Parkinson, who got the on Curiton! Yes! Majestic finish! A laid-back celebration!
0: Does he know the importance
3: The standout name for me, who probably ticks the too good for the championship, not good enough for the Premier League box just, is Billy Sharp. Mm -hmm. Now, Billy Sharp has scored the most ever championship goals, which clearly goes in his favour. He's a a hometown hero for Sheffield United. He is also in the top 10 all-time for League One goals, as well as being the championship top ever goal scorer. And his one stint in League Two, he scored nine in 16. So if we're just talking about Goals being scored. I think Sharp is an absolute shoo-in. Does his bizarre move to LA Galaxy somehow ruin his legacy? No one knows that that's even happened, and he's coming back next month. So let's just let's just pretend
2: that didn't happen. A similar affliction um, suffered by Jonathan Bond, former of Watford, who's now
1: at LA Galaxy, which blew my mind slightly. We I think we're all agreed Rhodes should be in the team, but I'm not sure he's quite. Too good for a championship not good enough for the Premier League because he barely played in the Premier League I feel the paradigm for that is you someone have to have had like, a stab at it yeah Robbie Earnshaw or um Dwight Gale I, I feel like there's not we obviously know Rhodes isn't or he would have done but I feel that you need to have a bit more evidence of that you need to be more of like a kind of yo-yo player
0: and we have done we have done a too good for the championship not good enough uh, for the Premier League 11.
2: I <laughs> can't remember who was in it we did do it
3: yeah Yeah. did we yeah Yeah. I mean there are guys like uh, there are guys that made themselves ineligible right at the last aspect of their career by being randomly really good in the Prem. So, Glenn Murray springs to mind. Grant and, Holt. Uh, Ricky Lambert ended up with an England goal, which, you know, mm. no one saw coming. I think Jeff, Jeff
2: Horsfield, could he tick that? He's too He's too great escape. <laughs> 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 the, the, the emerging highlight of this episode is someone saying he's too random thing X, which he did. Uh, I'm still going to do it, though, Charlie. I'm going to list names at you. Nikki Maynard, Adebayo Akinfenwa, Will Grigg, At Di Nuhiu... Chris Martin, Scott McLeish, Dexter Blackstock, Naki Wells, Nacky Wells. Will Grieg is he? he is he two Euro twenty six He's To
1: that song, the yeah, song has transcended him. Song. Yeah, exactly.
2: But
0: Be- Bayoak and FEM were very much belongs to a category that I have I have christened inexplicably talented striker who is carrying a bit of timber. Mm. And, and and to be fair, Tobayo is probably a bit more muscle than than Timber. But some of the other people in this category, you know, John Parkin, Grant Holt, Neil Shipperley, even like way back, like Mickey Quinn played in the in the football league after he was dropped down from Coventry in the Premier League, and
2: like basically fat strikers. Who... I do like well upholstered football league goal <laughs> yeah. machines. I, do, I mean, putting themselves about a bit unashamedly leon
3: clark is probably the journeyman number 1 he played he's played for 23 different clubs in 20 years and he's had he's had like two or three two and a half prolific spells you've got Adam LaFondra who, who actually scored 12 goals your Reading radar going? But yeah off. scored 12 in a Premier League season which probably rules him out but also Lewis Graben Deli Adebola Billy Painter Billy Key Ryan Lowe Ian Henderson James Hayter who scored the 2 minute 22nd hat-trick Freddie oh. Eastwood Brett, oh, Pitt, it's Brett too Pittman too hard <laughs> where do you stand on Where do you stand on Chris Martin, Ellie? Uh, he's on my long list, obviously, but I mean it's the longest list of all time. So it doesn't still going, of course, still yep. going. He scored from about 45 yards the other day and then the next game scored a cute little back heel from a low
2: cross. So, you know, he's got recent form in his favour. Do you know what? This is getting really interesting. Do you know, I'm going to make the executive decision. I'm bidding off the too good for the championship, not good enough for the Premier League. Oh, it's done. Rose, he's Rose is gone. Wow. It's gone. Rose is out. Jamie Curiton remains in our front line and I really like this from Football Cliché's artwork ace, Amo. Who says every team you face in the championship should have a massive striker with a below-average goal-scoring record, but who you are convinced will come on and get the winner? Leading name in this category for me is Lukas Jukovic. Others: Rudy Gasted and Darius Henderson. We're on. We're on the right track here.
1: Darius Henderson does also tick. They're not good enough. For the Premier League, he has that in his category as well. Yeah, but but it doesn't be he doesn't tick the too good for the Championship half of that equation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. What about Paddy Madden? He seems quite EFL I mean, I he think, was my, you know, he was in my Vidi Printer list actually. Paddy Madden. I think that Curitan's in. I, I've I feel strongly about Billy Sharp, and then plus one would be that. That's how I would like it to,
1: to end. I still think Rhodesy should be in there.
2: <laughs> Rhodesy. <laughs> I'm I'm really keen on Naki Wells, personally. Done it in a few divisions. Vida printer friendly. You can you can picture the finishing.
3: Dave, what I mean, Rhodes Rhodes versus Wells, what's your instinct?
0: Both were in their heyday during the uh the aforementioned We Are Going Up podcast days. Rhodes I think I don't I don't think Wells is Done quite enough
3: though, has he? I quite like that Jordan Rhodes had scored 150 league goals before he was 25, but basically for the last 10 years has sort of not really done it. But because of that record and because of his reputation as he'll score you goals if you create chances for him, he'll still get, well, what was championship contracts, and he's now in League One scoring quite a few for Blackpool. Right, Jordan Rhodes is back in. Okay, mm, but my, got, my ha- contention
0: got- with Jordan Rhodes is we've got we we'll have Jordan Rose, Jamie Curriton, Billy Sharp. They're the same. They're kind of the same. They're all the same. We've got three small good finishers.
2: Yeah, I like my cheerful goal scoring machine, Jamie Curriton. We have to have a big strapping striker. So it's basically just deciding who it's going to be. John Parkin could be that man, the beast. Unless we feel we want an Akin Fenwa because we don't really have... Good thing about Akin Fenwer. He's a League One, League Two representative. Scored play a player final winning goal. I prefer him to trundle, I have to say. If we're going to go down this route... <laughs> If we're going to go down the Soccer AM sofa route, I'd rather have Akinfenwa over <laughs> Trundle. So okay, he's in. Put him in.
1: Amazing strength, but as we all know with Akinfenwa, what he can do with his feet is amazing too.
2: akin Akinfenwa. Who else is going to complete our front line? I'm out. I'm done. I'm I think spent. you need
1: to decide between Rhodes or Sharp. That's where we're at, isn't it? Sharpie Sharp? Yes, please. Go for it.
0: But he gets in trouble. Sharps in the penalty. It's And Billy Sharp scores twice against Doncaster Rovers!
2: He has eased the pressure. Finally then, we did it. Let's run through our team before we take care of the last bits of garnishing. Lee Camping goal, back four of Graham Alexander, Dean Lewington, Richard Keogh and F.A. Sodja. A and midfield three of Barry Bannon. Peter Whittingham and Captain Ian Ashby. Joby McAnuff only fit enough for the bench. Up front, Jamie Curriton, Bayo Akinfenwa and Billy Sharp. Lovely team. But Ali, who is leading this lot? I mean, the names roll off the tongue. Russell Slade, John Coleman, Graham Wesley, <laughs> Lee Johnson. Not his dad, oddly. Darren Ferguson.
3: I mean, yeah, interesting names. There's almost unlimited of these. Obviously, (laughs) like in terms of setting off the QI klaxon, Neil Warnock Mm. is the... Most important EFL manager of all time, probably, or at least in the modern era. But um, I think I think Warnock and Steve Bruce they they yeah, transcend Bruce is way it. too Prem, isn't he? Well, yeah, sure, but, but, yeah, he way is. But but they
0: they are the most. They are the sort of the journeyman managers who would come to mind of most. And Bruce had a lot of Championship jobs.
3: I think like Martin Mad Dog Allen should probably be mentioned. I do like um, this. Yes. Um, J- John Sheridan was one of those guys that got loads and loads of jobs for quite a long period of time. Paul Cook. Um, Paul Cook. Yes, yeah, Steve Evans
2: is probably the current manager that's... Oh, Steve Evans. Oh, it's got to... it. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Controversy being larger than life. I do like it. So who who is our mad owner of this club? Sort of, Is it going to be a local businessman done good or is it going to be a faceless corporate multi-club investment fund? <laughs> We've
3: got plenty of examples of both, don't we? I mean... Dejvon von Chanziri, the current Sheffield Wednesday, is bonkers. Uh, the most famous in the last decade was probably Francesco Bacchetti, who took Leighton Orient all the way down to non-league, with just in my head, 442 could have written a whole issue about Francesco Bacchetti.
0: Yeah. Um, and he
3: replaced he
0: replaced Barry Hearn, the local businessman <laughs> done
1: good.
2: Oh, good. That's a nice oh, that's little perfect lineage. then. Yeah, that is yeah. perfect. Oh, that gets well, them both in. Yeah, all I want here is a succession of self-penned club statements that just each one of them unravels into sort of personal tirades against the establishment. Um, so as long as that happens, I don't care who owns this club. Yeah, hon- honourable mention,
0: Ali. You all enjoy for John Ma- John Majeski again, local businessman done good, and he named the
1: stadium after himself as well. I was of going course. to say we should. That leads us into stadium, and that is that is in his favour.
2: I, I am quite enamoured by the idea of having like a, a stadium named after the owner, especially one that sort of becomes disused. I don't know like the Reynolds Arena of Darlington, um, baffling story, a twenty five thousand seater stadium in Darlington. Why? Um, but the route we're going to go down here is like a 112-year-old ground, fondly remembered, with a really sort of football leaguey name like Green Lane or something like that. But in the last five years, in the blink of an eye, nobody realising it, suddenly named after a completely random company <laughs> that that manufactures or sells something that really isn't befitting of a football stadium. So to to complete this task, Ali, I will give you the challenge. I want you to give me a number between 1 and 748 in the Argos catalogue. And that's what our stadium is going to be named after. Let's go with 72. 72. is going, wow oh, what a lovely little EFL number that is. Page <laughs> 72, I can tell you, is really nice, fancy men's watches. And we're going for the Rotary Stadium. <laughs>
1: so going down the rotary
2: yeah the owner who made his millions out of selling really fancy watches and then got done for fraud that's perfect perfect stuff frauds
1: in this team's DNA yeah
2: okay we've got our stadium we've got our mad owner all managed by the force of nature that is Steve Evans Thanks to you, Ali Maxwell. We could literally could not have done this without you, um, you our guiding hand. Well,
3: thank you for having me on and for humouring me so much. It's been a real pleasure. And I'll see you at the FSA
2: Awards. You bloody well will. Thanks to you, Dave Walker. Got the EFL bug again, have you? <laughs> Charlie, do you miss the Premier League?
1: I'm gonna go and watch the Premier League year's episode now, I think. <laughs> just to just to <laughs> cleanse yourself like a shower. Yeah. It's been it's been a while.
2: Yeah, I know, it's been nice, but yeah, yeah, I prefer the top level. No, no offence. Right, um <laughs> thanks to everyone for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. Cheers.